Cool. And thanks again for coming on, Bill. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time. For anyone who hasn't had the pleasure of meeting you, tell me a little bit about uh, yourself and Cubica AMF. So I'm a district sales manager for Cubica AMF in western central, uh, western and central Pennsylvania, western and central New York, the northern half of West Virginia and the western half of Maryland. I started in the industry when I was a teenager, bowled in some junior leagues, got to know the owners of the center. Next thing you know, I'm working birthday parties. Next thing I'm in the back being a mechanic on pin spotters. I went to work for a chain, ended up in management. So here mm -hmm. I am today with Cubic I'm very happy to be working for this company, a company that started in Bologna, Italy with three friends and one simple idea that bowling was a form of entertainment, not just leagues and tournaments. So through the past almost 30 years, Cubica has grown into AMF and their vision is to make bowling amazing and provide services and products to the customer base that's going to help them be successful long-term. Yeah, that's awesome. I think they're ahead of their time to some degree because, I mean, that seems to be the big conversation is moving into bowling for everybody and not just the tournaments and... Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cubica, their vision has been that way since day one. And today they've developed an entire ecosystem of products to help bowling centers will go into the future with mm -hmm. all the things that are demanding of the customer base based on their experience that they want to have in facility. Yeah. And when you talk about management, I think you oversaw a number of centers at one point, right? Like a, a yeah. One time I worked for a chain of centers. I started out as a mechanic and next mm -hmm. day ended up in the front working the front desk. And then I became a manager of a center and ended up helping out with the operations of multiple centers. And then some of the mm -hmm. centers and the chain kind of closed up. So the centers were sold away. And at Cubic AMF, I was very fortunate to know some folks that worked for this company. And I'm very grateful for the opportunity that they've given me, you know, to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. And you've been with them a couple of years now, right? Number. Yeah, years. I've been with them since June of 2018. Awesome. Okay. So that covers a little bit about you and company history. Would love to talk a little bit about what you're seeing, some trends for centers that are just working today. Obviously you cover a pretty big territory. I'm sure you talk to a lot of centers. Tell me a little bit about what's working for them or maybe some trends you're seeing. Yeah. Yeah. That's that I visit about 370 centers uh, in my territory. Wow. Um, to every single one of them every year, but I see a good amount of them. Everybody, for the most part, has been very busy. Obviously, during the pandemic, things were a little bit difficult for folks. There were shutdowns. And, but since things have reopened, it seems like the consumer base has really wanted to get out and enjoy themselves, be social with other people, and bowling centers have benefited from that. The big challenge that I see today for bowling centers is finding staff to work in them. Yep. I think everybody is facing that problem. I'm sure you've heard some stories. Our company is no different. We are in need of staff as well. So I think staffing is a big concern for a lot of folks out there, and it creates a lot of challenges for people. I remember when I was in management that there were some weeks where it was Monday through Sunday, 9 a.m. to midnight, and that's a tough lifestyle. Yeah. So, yeah, dude, so you know, I, I can relate to what proprietors are going through out there when, when they're working seven days a week, not being able to find staff. Things that our company offers with the Conqueror Web and a couple of other a couple of the other new products that we have in our ecosystem can really help proprietors negate some of that and make it a little bit easier for them week to week. Yeah, tell me a little bit about that. How the Conqueror Web allows customers to basically sit at home in their living room, make a reservation, pay for it, come into the center, scan a QR code at the front desk. Their names are already in. They've already paid. They put in their shoe sizes. They've ordered food and beverage if they wanted to do that. All the person behind the front desk has to do is tell them what lane to go to, give them their pair of shoes, and off they are. So it makes it, it makes the transaction time much faster in the bowling center. Mm -hmm. 
And it also will help with, you know, need to have multiple people behind the front desk to handle a large crowd of people. Customers can pay for everything in advance and make the reservation in advance before they come in. Makes it a lot easier on the staff mm -hmm. and in the center. Yeah. So just lightens the load for that segment of yeah. the market who prepays. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's cool. What, what else are you seeing? So obviously staff is one and I want to get to that again a little bit later on. What else are you seeing? Obviously it's really busy for people. Is there any particular type of league or promotion or product offering that you're seeing really take off these days? There's always the creative league programs that are out there. I remember when I was in the business, we would do 12, 16 week short season leagues where mm -hmm. In, you could go to an amusement park, a resort, a vacation, get a bowling ball, get a new bowling bag, shoes, equipment for your, your full season traditional. You see a lot of that, a lot of youth activities where kids are getting involved and they're getting a bowling ball and a couple of weeks of lessons and things like that. A lot of good things that are happening from that perspective with the competitive side. On the more entertainment side, Glow Bowling is a staple in bowling centers, has been for a long time. Yeah. Glow bowling programs, from what I'm hearing, are doing very well. People are very busy on Friday and Saturday. So even during the week, when I go in and out of centers, and typically it's during the week, during the daytime, but when centers are open, they have a lot of customers in their facilities. So people mm -hmm. are getting out, people are bowling, they're looking for things to do and, and be social because they were so tired of being cooped up for so long. A couple of other things that I've noticed while I'm out in centers is having conversations with proprietors is their costs, you know, have increased, have increased. Um, the price of chicken changes every day. Mm -hmm. So that's another challenge that a lot of proprietors have had to face. And consequently, they've had to increase their prices. But for the most part, I don't think there's been too much pushback out in the marketplace from what I've heard and mm -hmm. seen. Even at this time of the year in the middle of May, mm -hmm. a lot of centers are still very busy from like they were in the middle of the wintertime, which is good. It's not a good number of centers. Majority of them are, are doing very well still and sustaining mm -hmm. a decent amount of business still. Yeah, it's definitely seemed to carry a little further, you know, mid-April, um, yeah. and they've gotten at least a full month extension. And then to go back to what you said about the pricing, I think it helps that they seeing on the news 8.5% inflation um, right. for, the, for the month. It's it, When they raise their prices, oh yeah, we knew that was coming, everyone else sure. with the blow. Tell me a little bit about some other trends you're seeing, maybe some of the products you're doing or are selling the most with the AMF. Obviously, like uh, string machines are big. What, what else are you seeing? that are really taking off at, at, at these moments. String pin spotter um, has definitely been a big success for our company. It solves some problems for proprietors. It's mm -hmm. not center. Obviously it's not certified by the USBC. So for mm -hmm. competitive play, there are some challenges with that. And eventually that'll, that'll all change. But uh, the edge string pin spotter helps when a bowling center is faced with the challenge of finding a qualified technician to work on their equipment that may be 50 plus years old. But there's a lot of really good mechanics out there. Mm -hmm. um, I, like I said, I used to do it myself. I could jump back into it if I wanted to, but it's mm -hmm. something that I probably want to pursue at this point in my life, just because there are a lot of physical demands and people mm -hmm. do that every day. They will tell you that, you know, right. all the time. I, I try to always make sure I go in and talk to the mechanic of every bowling center. And one of the things I always hear is, oh, it's really hard to jump in and out of the pit at my age and this, et cetera. The edge string machine solves the problem for proprietors that are looking for an option that does not require the same level of maintenance. Mm -hmm. 50-year-old piece of equipment uh, does today. Mm -hmm. um, doesn't mean that you're going to eliminate your mechanic completely. You still need someone that has a little bit of technical know-how, knows how to follow directions, knows which way to loosen and tighten a bolt. There's still things that have to be done to these machines. After all, they are machines. Mm -hmm. But it gives proprietors a different choice, whereas they may be forced with a decision to either close their center permanently 
and no longer have a place for people to bowl, change out the kind of equipment that they have and put in something that they can sustain longer term. So right. yeah. uh, I've had a couple of experiences with that myself with customers in my territory where they decided to in edge string machines, get rid of their 50 plus year old equipment, and they were able to keep their bowling center open. That's not to say that's going to save the industry. Sure. If you can save a couple of centers here or there that aren't going to go away, it's better for the industry on a whole. Absolutely. Yeah. And what do you think is the big, the catalyst for the big push? Because if you would have say, said something about string machines 10 years ago, it'd probably be a different kind of reception. What do you think is, you think it's the mechanics that pushed it over or what has gotten people to, to really take a look at it or even AMF to, to really double down on it? Yeah, we took a, an older design machine and we recognized that there were some issues that needed to be addressed in the industry specifically. Not only are there labor advantages to this machine, but there's also electricity savings. Get an older free fall machine. They have an AMF machine, for example, has 310 volt motors on it. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of power consumption. They're they're running, the back end motor is running all the time. The front end motors, they're heavier duty, half horsepower cycle motors. Mm -hmm. The string machine has a pair of lanes, has three 24-volt DC motors on them that mm -hmm. only operate when there's a call to action for them to operate. So right. there's a big electricity savings cost there as well. The amount of parts that are on the machine is far less, so you're not having thousands of dollars worth of inventory and parts behind your bowling lanes. Right. Now, if you walked into a larger size free-fall bowling center, you may find twenty dollars to thirty dollars to $40,000 worth of parts inventory that's sitting back there. Yeah. Whereas with an edge string machine, it could fit on the, on a size of a regular dining room table, all right. the parts that you would need for a larger setup. But there's less tools. There's a lot more technology involved in it. We have an app called Tech Wizard, and mm -hmm. the app actually shows you how to repair the machine, mm -hmm. uh, time it's going to take to repair the machine. You can enter the notes. You can see the tools that you need to work on it. You can watch videos even on how to fix it. And it notifies you like a text message when you're in the center. You don't need to have someone sitting behind the machines 40 plus hours a week. You can have in the front of the bowling center doing other jobs to help make the bowling center make more money. Right. So that's really the reason why we redesigned this machine, because we recognized that there was a need in the marketplace for something like this. String machines have been around for 40 plus years. Right. Uh, we redesigned it and added some 21st century technology to the product that it is today. And anybody who's watching this is going to be at Bowl Expo. We will have mm -hmm. Edge string pin spotters set up at Bowl Expo on full length lanes. You'll be able to see them, bowl on them, see how they work, see the Tech Wizard app, all those things that it offers. They will all be at Bowl Expo to see. So awesome. Yeah. yeah. And anyone that anyone that wants to see the machines themselves, they feel free to contact me. I'd be happy to set up a demo at some of the local facilities that are, you know, spread across Pennsylvania to have them. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I was just talking to uh, Brian Sonier about them. He did half his center and he says he wished he did the whole thing. He loves yeah. them. He loves the app. He says he can just have his guys notified on the app, show him exactly how to fix it. And you know, there's no complication and he doesn't have to right. worry about the uh, mechanic if he disappears, at least for that. Yeah. Half. Yeah. It's a great product. You know, we still offer a free fall machine. I have two of the free fall machines at Bowl Expo as well. We mm -hmm. 21st tech, 21st century technology to the free fall machines also. So mm -hmm. Being a traditional guy that I am, being that I started as a mm -hmm. that kind of a thing, I like seeing that there's an older piece of equipment that has 21st century technology. It's really cool yeah. how it's evolved over the course of time. Mm -hmm. But we offer both options because we know that everybody's always going to want to have one or the other. So Right. Yeah. It reminds me of driving stick shift versus, you know, yeah. an automatic classic <laughs> feel to it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Very cool. So, yeah. And what would you say? It sounds like overwhelmingly that seems to be for new sales and new centers. That's the way that people are going is with the string. Are you seeing that as well or not as much? Yeah. For, for a new center that's, you know, just starting up, you don't see traditional 
32 week league bowling centers being built today. Mm -hmm. Or family entertainment centers, or boutique style centers that may have four, six, eight lanes. In their cases, they may have leagues still, but they're not going to be competitive leagues. They're not going to be 32 week traditional sanctioned. Yeah. They're going to be more of the fun, more social leagues, which Mm -hmm. is are looking for today. I think about it with me and my wife. We like to go out and look for social activities. The eight-week bowling league is a very appealing thing to us because it's it's not taking up a lot of our time. It's not a long-term commitment, but it's still bowling. It's still fun. We enjoy it. We really wouldn't care less whether it's free fall or you know, it's fine either way, but you're seeing that more today. Folks are are seeing the advantages of string machines and they know that it's a, a different way to offer bowling and a, a more affordable way to offer bowling long-term. Mm-hmm. Because of the cost savings with labor right. parts, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it seems if you're not sport focused, that that's definitely the way to go. Yeah. You know, if you're a true Big Lebowski sport focused kind of sure. center, yep. it's you know probably not your thing yet. Maybe yeah. one day. You you can be both, but uh, yeah, that the, for the centers that are more entertainment oriented, that is the the more seems to be the product that people are choosing more. The thing with the string machine is it was really, it was designed to be a competitive machine. When you see the machine, I'm sure you've seen it in person yourself. Yes, it's not an cool. arcade game. It's a bowling machine. Yeah. It's, it's pretty sturdy. Yeah. Yeah. It's meant to be a competitive bowling machine. And like I said, the USBC is, is working towards that and that time will come at some point. So mm-hmm. yeah, you can definitely tell it's not just something that was flipped out right. because it was trendy. It's, there's a lot of work that went into yeah. it behind yep. the scenes. Yeah. yeah. It was built. Exactly. So yeah, building on that a little bit, where, what are some other trends or ways you see the industry going, say the next three to five years? Tell me a little bit about some projections or conversations of expansion you're seeing, or where do you think we're going to be moving in that next three to five year range? So um, a couple of things uh, on that point, I see a lot of younger investors coming into the, there's a lot of proprietors that are under the age of 40 today. This is something that's really? happened last four to eight years. I have a lot of conversations with a lot of, a lot of proprietors that are younger. Yeah. Second generation or new? A, a combination, even third generation in some cases. Right. You see some new people coming into the industry and maybe they bowled in college or high school and they really enjoyed the activity. They saw it as an investment opportunity. Mm-hmm. They took a, a 12 lane center in Commonville, Pennsylvania that needed some work that had owners that had been there for 30 plus years. And they saw an op- they've seen an opportunity there and they've made an investment into it, encouraged by that. Yeah. So I've seen a lot of that. Folks that have been in the industry a long time, they're, they're reinvesting in themselves. They're reinvesting in their business and they're mm-hmm. kind of reinventing what they've done over the course of time and mm-hmm. changing it a little bit. Whether they're moving the bar around or adding a bar that they never had, changing out a scoring system that may have been there for a very long time to something that's more entertainment-based and less league and tournament-based. I've seen that. There are some other things that are going to be coming uh, into the market that are going to be very exciting and very helpful that I feel to a lot of bowling center proprietors. Obviously, the Conqueror Web that I spoke about earlier, I think the Conqueror Web is going to be, in many cases, a game changer for a lot of bowling centers. Mm-hmm. Um, the next equipment that we're going to be introducing to the market, which we've already had in a couple trade shows, is the Conqueror kiosk. Oh, yeah. There's mm-hmm. kiosk that'll be in the bowling center where yeah. when customers come in, they can either check in with the reservation that they had made online, or mm-hmm. they can purchase bowling, food, beverage, shoes, everything right at the kiosk. The kiosk will tell them where to go. They can pay there. They can get a receipt. The only thing they'll have to do is get shoes. And I don't want to give it away, but we'll have a little bit of a surprise on the whole shoe part at Bowl Expo. So stay tuned. If folks are at Bowl Expo and if they're not there, I'm sure we'll have some information after the fact to share. But we've got Mm -hmm. 
a little bit of, of a neat thing to talk about the whole shoe rental delivery. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah it'll, it's exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's something along that line. You'll, you'll, you'll see it. Bowl. You're cool. going to be at Bowl Expo, right? Yeah, yes. I, I will, yeah. yeah, yeah you'll, awesome. you'll see it. Bowl Expo. There's a lot of exciting things that we're going to continue to add to our ecosystem of, of products. A lot of things like a loyalty program, setting up a campaign program for the, your database that you have, uh, a mobile app. We're going to mm -hmm. have all that kind of technology that's going to really give customers more control over their journey through the business that the bowling business that they're in. So it's going to be very exciting. I see a lot of really neat things that are going to be happening in the next three to five years to, to answer that point. Yeah. I'm very excited. I think it's a great time to be in the bowling industry. I think even though we've gone through the pandemic like we have, and we're going through a little bit of a rough patch right now with inflation and gas prices and all, I think that long-term, this is going to be a great industry to be in. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty much every one of the clients that we work with is having a record year. At least revenue's up, maybe costs are up too, but yeah. still the revenue is at all time high right now. People want to be yep. out there. And one other thing you mentioned, the kiosks, are those out now? I remember you guys unveiled them somewhere. Are those available? I know Brian mentioned he has them at his center, but that's our showcase center. Are yeah, no, actually Brian doesn't have them at his center yet. Oh, he doesn't have them yet. Yeah, he doesn't have them yet, but uh, yeah, we're going to be, you know, releasing some more information about them at Bowl Expo at the end of June. And the hope is to have them ready to be able to, to ship out to centers very soon after that. So oh, cool. yeah. uh, I don't have an exact date on it yet, but mm -hmm. we want to make sure that the product works correctly before we of put course. it in so that right. folks can use it the way that it's intended to be used. So. Yeah. I know those are highly anticipated, especially yep. with the labor shortage. Nothing sells kiosks like a labor shortage. Yes, exactly. <laughs> cool. Anything else you're seeing? Some of the products, maybe some of the industry trends as far as like moving more towards the entertainment side or what else are you seeing from your customers? I, I, the thing that I'm seeing is that customers that are able to find the right balance for their facility of competitive and league versus entertainment and open play. Mm -hmm. uh, if you can find that right balance, there is a balance to that. And it's a, it's, it can change from day to day. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the challenges of this industry is that it changes so quickly. I mean, sometimes it's hard to keep up with those changes, but the centers that have found a way to balance, they are, they're doing very well. They're very successful. I think that you're, you're going to see continued growth in the entertainment market. Uh, side of bowling. I don't think that leagues and tournaments will ever go away. I think that all, we're yeah. always going to have that. But if you're able to find the, the happy medium and find the balance in your facility, mm -hmm. you'll be successful long-term. And again, working for Cubic AMF, I like to believe that we offer a lot of solutions for customers to help them with that balance. Yeah, absolutely. So the next question I want to ask you, 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 obviously you talked to a lot of centers, you said what, 370 some. Yeah. So what's their biggest challenge today? Is it the uh, staffing or what else is out there? A absolutely. Staffing seems to be the biggest challenge. I, I would say that 90% of all the people I talk to, that's the main thing that I hear. I think everyone is, the consumer base, I think is past everything that happened in the pandemic. Mm -hmm. so hearing too much in terms of challenges of all of the different restrictions and rules that you had to follow. There's certain different pockets of the market where that's more prevalent, obviously. Right. But for the most part, staffing is really the biggest concern that's out there today. I don't think that getting people to come into their facility is something where I really hear too much. I can't get people to come in and mm -hmm. I have to shut down. I can only be open two days a week. I don't really hear that too much. If I can't, I can only open a couple of days a week because I don't have the manpower to do it. Right. I want to work seven days a week. So mm -hmm. you hear a lot of that and I get that. I totally understand that. And it's really, it's market specific. It really depends on what part of the state you're in and where you are as yeah. all, all that goes. 
Some centers have no problem finding. They have plenty of people to work. They don't have to worry about it, but other centers are really struggling with it. And it shows, and you can hear it in, you can hear it in conversations, and you can see it in, in folks' faces when you're talking to them that you're definitely having a rough time with that. Other than that, the, the supply chain issues, obviously, are that's something that will hopefully stabilize in the next 12 to 18 months. I think we've been able to weather that as best as we can, but every company out there is having issues with supply chain. Yeah. Do you see that as something that's increasing or decreasing? Because it's been... Um, a couple months that's been happening. I think it's fluctuating time. It's it's product A, the next time it's product B, the next time it's product C. It's it's no there's yeah. no consistency in what's going on with it. I see. Yeah, we had some issues with certain products. Now today we don't. But tomorrow mm -hmm. may change. It's it's really yeah. those things are out of our control. Yeah, because I was definitely hearing that one a little bit before, a little bit less now. But that could just be you know conversations we're having. But maybe yeah. or maybe they're just too busy talking about staffing. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that's the thing with staffing is realizing that that's a market in and of itself, right? Yeah. It's a competitive landscape and mm -hmm. where before maybe you had the upper hand because there's less um, jobs and people and now it's the other way around. Yep. So yeah. how can you distinguish yourself and out compete some of these other positions, right. especially, you know, in uh, Pennsylvania where we are, there's a lot of uh, logistics positions that yeah. have slightly better pay, but probably not as good of work conditions. So it's a matter of highlighting that. Yep. And I drive back and forth on the Pennsylvania Turnpike all the time. And I see billboards that are on along the Turnpike. And I saw one maybe last week or the week before mm -hmm. advertising a giant just distribution center, giant the supermarket. Right. Um, they were willing to pay twenty six fifty an hour. And center's probably not going to pay their employees twenty six fifty an hour. So yeah, right. some competitive, you know, uh, disadvantages with that. But again, that that's really the, the main thing that I've been hearing is is the staffing concerns. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm really curious to see over the next couple of months to see if there's some somewhat of some beginnings of uh, recession that we're seeing. I'm wondering if that'll drive more people back to work or alleviate that problem. It's a, a strange issue where we're going into somewhat of a recession with a lot of jobs opening. Maybe if that people lose some of that income or we see a constraint, maybe we'll see some people come back to the job market. I'm, I'm really curious to see that. Yep, same here. Yeah. So then we got the biggest challenge. The next one I like to ask is the number one piece of advice you'd offer to a proprietor. Maybe some of these newer people coming in or someone who's been around for a while, what would be your number one piece of advice? My, my biggest thing, just based on my experience, both with Cubic AMF and prior to that, just be, when change happens, be ready for it and don't be afraid. Of it. Always be ready for change because things change in this industry very quickly. Sometimes without you even realizing that it's happening. Um, and if you're ready to, you know, accept when change happens and if you're ready for it and you're ready to embrace it, that's, that's going to get you through the problem. Think about the pandemic. All of us had to make a lot of changes in our lifestyles through the pandemic. I think for the most part, the bowling industry did a great job with that. The bowling centers out there, we, for the most part, everybody made it. And because they, they adapted to change. So mm. you know, if everyone can continue to do that, that's going to, what's going to make the, the industry healthy long-term. Right. Yeah, exactly. And those who, who did make it rewarded from maybe some of the other places who didn't, and not just bowling centers, but think of all the restaurants that didn't make it and now sure. they go to, if, yep. you, if your center has a restaurant, yep. you probably gained a lot of business from that. Yep. Yeah, I like that. So change is the only constant, okay? Yep. Great. That's really um, all I had for today. If people want to get in touch with you or, you know, talk maybe about AMF or some of the products you guys have to offer, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Uh, they can email me. They can call my cell phone. Always available. I, I drive a lot in my car. So, you know, mm -hmm. I'm having conversations with folks in my car. Mm -hmm. uh, 
see me at Bowl Expo. I'll be at Bowl Expo this year at the end of June. If you're down there, stop by, say hello. Uh, make sure to visit us. One more thing I wanted to add in about the Edge String Machine real quick for us was sure. we will be featuring, that machine will be featured at the World Games in Birmingham, Alabama this year. Mm. From July uh, 7th to the 17th, it's the first time that a string machine is going to be used in the International Bowling Federation event. So we will be featuring, there will be eight lanes of Edge String in Birmingham, Alabama for the World Games. So mm. Guys will be on that from the industry, but it'll be just touching back on on the edge string machine that that product. Yeah, could be yeah. tell me about that. Is that like a, a subsect of the tournament, or how does that fit in, like overall? Oh no, it's the bowling that's going to be used for the World Games for bowling. Oh, okay, so yeah, the portion yeah. of the World Games. Yep. Wow, so that's the equipment cool. that'll be used. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So this is a shining moment. Yeah. Yeah. That's that'll exciting. be great. Uh, that is from July seventh to July seventeenth. Okay. So right after the uh, the expo, then. Yeah. Right after bowling expo. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, yeah, I really appreciate it. Taking some time to, to talk about this. I think it's really valuable for people to hear what's going on at other centers. The bowling industry is very open if you're, because there's not too many centers on top of each other, typically competing directly. So I find that they're very open to sharing, um, but you don't always have the opportunity to go out and do that. Obviously, Bowl Expo is one of those places, but right. what do you do in between? I appreciate you coming on and being able to help us share. With no problem. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah. I look forward to seeing you uh, next month. I'll be there. Okay. All right. Thank you very All much. Right. Thanks, Bill.